Yeah, it's uh, 2020, new decade, right? New decade. Um, yeah, I saw like this post like last week about how like when you write your checks, you gotta make sure you write both 20s or something just in case people can like change that into different things, you know, you just gotta be careful. I was like, oh wow, you know. And they, so yeah, so just be careful. Um, if you, if you uh, walked in and you haven't re uh, picked up one of these, please do pick it up. It's the, uh, the Bible reading plan that we're gonna do together this year. The plan is to uh, read the entire Bible together, and some portions we're going to be reading uh, like twice. Uh, and this is an interesting plan because it's not just reading straight through, um, but there's, we're going to like be reading different parts of the Bible together. Um, and uh, if, you, if you want to go to the website, at the bottom right, it says TGC, the Gospel Coalition, or read the Bible. Um, you can sign up. Uh, for daily reminders to go to your email and then uh, basically it's an easy place for you to click you can read the scriptures online um, and if you don't really like reading they even have like the audio version available so for some of you guys who rather listen to the scriptures being read that's okay too and uh, you know because back in the days right like that's how people heard the bible it was it was read aloud in the, in the synagogues right it was read because you know paper was expensive and to copy uh, of the Bible was was not cheap, right? So it was read aloud. So if you want to read it, if you want to hear it, you can hear it. Um, and for some of you guys, you're like, well, what if I don't understand when I'm reading? Well, um, I'm sure you can understand some, but they also have like a little like devotional, uh, one page that where the author, he kind of explains a little about the scriptures that we're reading. So to help you guys get some more information as well. And um, sometimes they'll also have some little articles that you can click on that will link to some more information um, if you're interested and you, have, and you want to learn more about what you're reading, you can do that. So I think this is a really great way to start off the year uh, is to read the Bible together. This way we can encourage each other as we read it. I know some of us may not have read the Bible in its entirety, um, but this is a, it's a good year to start it. Um, some of us have read it before, but it's always great to read it again because sometimes when we read it, we get something new out of it. We realize something that wasn't there or maybe we read it in the past, but it just, you know, the season of our life is different now, right? So it kind of speaks a little differently. And I really believe like the Bible is it's like a gem, you know, like it has a lot of faces as you're turning it, you get something more out of it. So uh, let's, let's, let's read the Bible together this year. And um, as you're reading it, you can check off the box, you know, like day one, day two, you could check that off. We're already, we're already on day five, so you might have some catching up to do. But the daily readings shouldn't take more than like, you know, 20 minutes. It shouldn't make, take more than 20, 30 minutes. So it really isn't too much. So I really encourage you. Let's, let's do this together. And, um, and then we can talk about it together. So um, as, as I was uh, thinking, you know, what should I preach on? You know, the first sermon for 2020, what should I preach on? So I was, you know, was picking up where I left off in Acts and I was just reading through it. And I realized, man, Paul's life, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, Paul's life was really meaningful. And I wanted to just share some things with Paul's life with you today. I am a little sick, so um, I apologize if I cough and, you know, uh, if I lose my breath. And I don't have anything against you guys if I don't shake your hands later, you know, like, I, I'm sick. So I apologize for that. So I want you guys to open your Bibles to um, chapter 24. Chapter 24. And since I'm not going to be able to really read this uh, aloud... Uh, I want you guys just to speed read from chapter 24, 25, and 26. Three chapters. They're, they're quite short, so 
just speed read through those three chapters on your own, and then I'll come back up here in like a few minutes, all right? So Acts chapter 24, 25, and 26. <coughs> <clears throat> made a New Year's resolution this year. Andrew made a New Year's resolution. No one? Yeah? Okay, some hands. How many was like, my resolution is not to make a resolution this year? You know. Um, anyone uh, that was able to keep their resolution last year? Like, anyone? Able to keep it for the entire year? No, not, not one person. Okay, well, okay, um, just, just curious, uh, for last year, how long were you guys able to keep, for those of you who had one, how long were you able to keep it for? Like a week, a month, a few days? Yeah? Like, I was, I was, um, I saw a post, like, you know, the other person was like, yeah, this year I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to, like, I'm going to not eat, like, junk food or something, or I'm going to, like, exercise, or... I'm going to sleep early, things like that, you know, and just like a few days in, the person's already like, you know, couch potato, just like, you know, snacking and watching TV and stuff. So like, I know it's, it's hard, and um, I, I think like there's, a, there's some value, right, in having those resolutions, but they're also very hard to keep. I, I don't think I've ever been able to keep uh, a resolution for the entire year or even moving forward. You know, it's always, it's always like my, my thing, I, you know, I'm going to be healthier, right? I'm going to exercise more. Um, when I, you know, sleep earlier, things like that. Or maybe, like, to not procrastinate, you know, get things done on time, um, build character, things like that, right? Um, but uh, when I was thinking about this passage, I was thinking, you know, what is Paul's life looking like right now, though? What is Paul's life looking like? You guys read three chapters of Paul's life. If this was his 2020, what would he be thinking? What would Paul be feeling right now? And if you've been following along in the previous chapters, um, you know that literally less than a week passed uh, after he got to Jerusalem. Literally less than a week, he was arrested. He came to celebrate. He came to for the festivities, and um, people accused him of like causing riots or causing disturbance in the temple, and they had him arrested. Um, he's in prison right now, and people want to kill him. Like, literally, people are trying to assassinate him. Like, they're trying to get him onto the open road so that they can send people down there to assassinate him on the road. Like, this is his life right now. And in chapter 24, <coughs> Paul, he comes before this governor named Felix. And Felix, he was someone who had the power to have Paul punished. He was someone who had the power to have Paul killed or let go. And I was really encouraged by this story because under these circumstances in Paul's life, what does he do? What does this man try to do? Well, first of all, yes, Paul, he tries to prove his innocence as he, you know, he describes, he tries to defend himself like, you know, I'm not this man that these Jews are painting me to be. No, this is what I'm about. And in, in verse 24, I'm encouraged because he talks about his faith in Jesus Christ. In verse 24, um, it says, Several days later, Felix came with his wife. So, you know, uh, Paul, he's been meeting with this Felix guy. 
and then he's been meeting with him and his wife, and uh, Felix is sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. Right, in verse 25, Paul continues to talk about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. And then in verse 26, it says, at the same time, you know, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. You know, Paul, his, his life was actually really hard. His life was really hard. I know that some of you guys think that your life is really hard, and it probably is in, very, in different ways. People might not be out to kill you, but your life is challenging in different ways too. But what I see here is that Paul's his purpose for living his life, it's so clear. It really is so clear. In the midst of what he had to go through, like he had to you know, defend his own case, right? He had to defend himself in, in this court. But his purpose was so clear that in these circumstances, his, his goal was to share the gospel, share his story. Share the gospel, share his story. And you guys know how long he was in prison for? Verse 27, how, how long was he in prison for? Two years. Imagine that, in two years. You're in prison, and whenever Felix wants to summon you, he summons you, and then you, and you go to him, and he's just, he starts, just, starts asking you questions about Jesus Christ. And this was, this was Paul's life. And Felix, you know, his motives weren't all, all right either, right? He wanted a bribe. So, work, you know, some scholars, they assume that Paul, he may have received some kind of inheritance from his family. So, you know, he was a Roman citizen. So he may have had some wealth and that Felix might have wanted to, you know, tap into some of that wealth. So this man that calls you time to time every, for over two years, this guy wants your money, right? And he's using the disguise of, you know, asking you things about Jesus Christ. Like, this is Paul's life right now. And when I read this, I'm like, wow. Wow. Was, was Paul able to convince Felix? Was he able to convince Felix? No, right? Felix, um, his time, it passes, right? Felix was succeeded by this guy called uh, Portius Festus, and because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. So Paul, as a, as a citizen, you know, he, he shouldn't have been able to be left in prison for over two years, but he was. Because, you know, this guy, Felix, he wanted, uh, you know, favor from the Jews. He wanted the Jews to think better of him. It was political. So then Paul was left in prison, and this guy that he tried to evangelize to for over two years, you know, no, no, no fruit came out of that. No fruit came out of that. And oftentimes we think about Paul, we're like, Paul's like the great evangelist, you know, Paul's like that super Christian, Paul's the guy who traveled, he was a missionary, you know, he planted all these churches, and he, like, he knew the gospel, he knew, you know, he had an amazing encounter with Jesus Christ, and we're like, oh, Paul, like, you know, we put him on a pedestal, but even Paul, right, he was, he wasn't able to convince everyone. But yet, Paul was a faithful witness, was he not? Paul, under these circumstances in his life, he was faithful. He was imprisoned. He didn't know for how long. He was being mistreated, right? Like, he probably wasn't ever going to get out of jail in the first place. But if Paul can share the gospel while he's in prison, right, how much more can we? How much more freedom do we have 
So I want you guys to think about wherever 2020 takes you, wherever you find yourself, you know, whether you're going, to, you're going to college or you're starting a new job or you're changing jobs or you're studying right now or, you know, like wherever you are, like whatever troubles comes into your life, wherever you find yourself, like really I want you guys to have that clear focus to be a witness for Christ. Whatever situation that might look like, for everyone it's a little different, right? I want you guys to think about who God has put into your life, who are, you are surrounded by. Could be your housemates, right? Could be classmates. It could be uh, people from your workplace. It could be family. Start there, right? And then in verse, uh, and we go on to chapter twenty-five. So two years pass, and then uh, you know Felix, he's 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 succeeded by this other guy called Festus, and Festus, um, you know, he kind of takes up this case now. He's the he's succeeded, and he's trying to figure out this this person Paul. What's going on with this person Paul? And he's visited by this guy called Agrippa and his uh, sister, uh, Bernice. So he, he, and these people are kind of interesting. Um, King Agrippa mentioned here, he's actually um, Agrippa II. <coughs> Agrippa I uh, was his father, and Agrippa I was the one who killed James, the brother of John, right, the disciples. He's the one that killed him. And his father was King Herod. All right. Herod, King Herod the Great was the one who wanted to kill baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Right? He ordered for all the, the baby boys aged two and younger to be killed right? because he wanted to kill Jesus. He thought that Jesus was this guy, uh, this Jewish guy who was going to become king and was going to take his place. Right, so he, he felt like, oh, he felt um, threatened. So he, he wanted to kill this, this baby boy, this Jesus. And Paul is literally standing before, uh, you know, this, 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 the, the grandson of this guy who tried to kill his Lord and Savior. Right, that, that, this is the development that's going on. And this family has been known to, to be violent, to shed blood. So, man, this is like, this is kind of like scary. This is the, this is the situation that Paul finds himself in. And what we find is that Paul, he continues to tell his story along with the gospel. So if you ever want to be a witness, it's, it's a really good idea when you share the gospel to share your story. Right? You, you, it's a powerful combo. It's the good news. And you talk about how this good news has affected you and why you want them to hear this good news. Right? It's, a, it's a combo. It's very, very powerful. Talk about how it impacted you. This is why you want this person, your friend, your family member, or whoever to hear the gospel. So with 2020, what, I really pray that this would be the year in which we share our stories with, with other people. And um, I just want to read this part here. <clears throat> I, yeah, I just want to read this part here uh, for all of us to, to see. So in verse 26, right? So uh, you know, Paul, he's sharing his story, uh, chapter 26, verse 4. Paul, he's sharing his story. This is a story that we've all heard before. Right? This is a story that we should be all quite familiar with. And he's sharing this. He says, The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, for the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify. 
If they are willing that I am conformed to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. So Paul, he's building his case. He's saying that this is who I was in the past. So if you're ever sharing your testimony with someone, you talk about who you were in the past. This is who I was. I was a Pharisee. You know, I was learned man. I was a learned man. You know, I studied under you know a good teacher, and I was under a strict sect. Like I followed the law, and now it has become my hope that in God. And what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night, King Agrippa. It is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Or I want you guys to catch on to that word, hope, okay? It is because of this hope. In verse 8, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? So I want you guys to think about that. What does hope have to do with raising the dead, God raising the dead? All right, verse 9 says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to, over, to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So Paul was a man who opposed what he now believes. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were there uh, put to death, I cast my vote against them. Right? Many a time I went from synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. And we know this to be true, right? Paul, uh, you know, he, he went to Damascus. That's what it says in verse 12. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with authority and commission of the chief priests. So Paul, he wasn't a guy who just sat around. He was the one who actually went out there, tried to capture people, put them in prison. And if they wouldn't, like, say anything, like, wrong, he would get, try to get them to blaspheme, you know? This is a guy who's kind of like out there, like trying to push people's buttons and stuff like that, trying to get them into prison. This is the kind of this is the kind of guy that Paul was. He's telling his story about what a, like what was wrong with his life. This is this is this can be us as we share our story with people. This is how we share with people that like how how messed up we were. That's really this is really that this is that part how messed up we were. Like why why else would we need Jesus, right? So, about noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Is it hard for you to kick against the ghost? Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appointed, I have appeared to you to point you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by me in faith. See that? At once... At one point in our lives, our eyes were closed. For those who are believers here, at one point in our lives, our eyes were closed. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that time when your eyes were closed? When you were, what? When you were once in darkness. But now, you're turned to the light. Or once we were in the power of Satan. That's what it says here. In verse 18, right? Once we were in the power of Satan, but now we're... Turned to God. 
We are part of this family where we, our status is not guilty, where our status is not sinful, where our status is we are forgiven, or that our status is not dependent on the things that we've done. Or we are what, a people of faith. That's why it says that, that we are sanctified by faith. We believe in a God who did it all, right? He really did it all. He accomplished everything. And we can rest in that, that there's peace. And this is the good news. And I want you guys to think about, is there anyone in your life that you want them to hear this message? <coughs> and ultimately, all this good news that we hear in, you know, in verse 17 and 18, this good news, it really rests upon this the, the perfect life and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 23, it says that the Messiah would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. What we're really believing here is this, this resurrection of the Messiah, this one who rose from the dead, the first one to rise from the grave. And um, I had a talk with someone uh, last week about uh, Jesus Christ. And um, basically I asked if Jesus was, uh, if Jesus died on the cross as a baby, okay, however, you know, gruesome and, you know, that, that sounds, okay, that sounds horrible. If Jesus Christ died on the cross as a baby, right, would that be enough to cover our sins? Would that be enough to cover our sins? Think about that for a sec. If Jesus Christ was born, and then like, you know, as a one-year-old, he, was, he, he died on the cross, would that be enough? Personally, I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. Now I'll tell you guys why. I believe that God protected Jesus as a baby from King Herod, right? This is his grandson that's in the story right now. King Herod's grandson is in the story. But I believe that God protected Jesus from King Herod so that Jesus could live a perfect life and suffer for what he did. And that was all for a reason. That Jesus needed to show that he, could be t- he would be tempted by every single sin in this world he had to offer and yet he would be blameless. So that when he was on the cross, he could fulfill what every person failed to do. Because, right? uh, you know, only, only two people, you know, can die for your sins, okay? Only two people can die for your sins. Yourself, okay, you can die for your sins. Well, you're dead, right? That's what we deserve. Or Jesus could die for your sins. Only two people could, could pay the cost. Right, yourself or Jesus. And by Jesus living a perfect life, he became that person who could die for your sins. The only person in this world that was perfect. And after he was killed, he was buried. And he rose on the third day, right, conquering sin and death, proving that you know, he really was the Messiah. Because if he just stayed in the grave then, you know, that, that's, that's, no, you know that's, no, that's no savior. That's no savior. 
And, and this message of faith is that you know, if we place our faith, our trust in this man who, who, died, who, who was born a child, a baby, who lived a perfect life, who suffered, if we believe in this person, then, then we are saved. That the wrath of God is turned from us and that we are received into God's family. This is the message of light. Right? This is the message that we have. That other people, they don't have. You know, they don't see themselves clearly. They don't see this world clearly, but we do. Because we have this gospel message. So how did Festus and how did King Agrippa think? What do they think about this message of light? What do they think? Verse 24. Just, just shout it out. What did, what did Festus think about, about Paul's message? Of mess, this message of light, this gospel? I just shout it out. What did, what did Festus think? You're out of your mind, right? You're crazy. Like Paul, it even says here, um, your great learning is driving you insane. You know, have you guys ever heard that before? Like, like this, like, like PhD, you know, like permanent head damage. Like this guy is so learned, you know, that, that this guy literally went insane. You know, like you get those like crazy, like, I don't know, crazy scientists or something, you know? Like this guy literally, his mind is just, you know, you're out of your mind. Or what did, what did Agrippa say? Just, just shout it out. Maybe someone else, not, not Elder Jerry, but someone else. Because uh, I know Elder Jerry, he knows the answers. But what did, what did King Agrippa say? What did he think about Paul's message? Come on, guys. Just, just shout it out. Yeah, verse 28. It's it's right there, verse 28. It's like, all right, well, I'm sure you guys know the answer. You guys are just you guys are just shy, but uh says in verse 28 it says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Like, how would you feel if someone said that to you? You're sharing the gospel with someone, they're like, do you think by what you just said you could persuade me to be a Christian? Like, aren't, aren't, aren't your hopes a little too high? Right? How, how would you feel about that, right? And this, and this is Paul, right? This is, this is Paul who's, who's receiving this comment. Right? Not everyone that Paul shared the gospel received it. Most people wanted to kill him. Our people thought he was crazy. But, but I think we need more people like Paul. We need more people like Paul. Maybe 2020 will be the year someone calls you crazy for sharing the gospel, for sharing your story. You're like, man, your story is crazy, man. Like, like I, 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 I don't know, like that. All right, good for you, you know. Cool story. Not for me. Last night I was, uh, I was checking my email, and I, um, I received an email written in Chinese. My immediate thought was like, "Oh, it's from you know some church member or someone like that, Chinese." Um, but then I was I checked the person who sent it, and it was um, 
It was an address that I've never received it from before. And, um, and I, was, I was reading it. Uh, I can't read much Chinese, but I could at least tell that the person who wrote it was, um, was a family member. And it was my, my dad's older brother in, living in Taiwan. Um, and it was um, an email telling us that my grandmother passed away last night. I'm not sure if my sister knows. She was, she was sleeping by that time. Um, but I, I saw that message, and then I couldn't read all of it, so I had to use Google Translate. And then it said, it said um, um, our uh, beloved mother um, is reborn. And, and then it had the date, and it had the time. Um, 3.15, uh, 3.16. 3.16, um, I, I believe it was 3.16 in the, in, in the afternoon. It may have been the afternoon yesterday. Um, and my, my grandmother was probably the closest uh, grandparent that I had. I never knew my, uh, my grandparents on my, on my mother's side. Uh, they died of cancer um, before I was born, so I never got to know them. They died really early, like around 50. Um, so on my dad's side, it was my grandma and my grandpa. My grandpa, he died already you know, for, for several years. He passed away. Um, and then my grandmother, she had a stroke last year, so she wasn't doing too well. She had had a caretaker 24-7, right? Um, and then last night, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, last night, um, she passed away. Uh, you know, my, my grandma, she only spoke Chinese. Um, I only saw her, like, every four or five years. Every time I see her, I would be in a different life stage, right? I'd be in middle school, and now I'm in high school, now I'm in college, now I'm working, you know? It'd just be like that. And although, like, I could never really understand everything she said, and we couldn't really have that deep conversations, but um, I know that she loved me. I could feel it. Right? I knew that. But the sad thing is that, um, as of now, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and that if she ever received the gospel, if she ever received this good news, I don't know. I know my parents, they shared it with my, uh, my grandmother many times. Uh, every time they go back to Taiwan, they share the gospel with her. Um, I tried as well, you know, using my limited Chinese, uh, very, very limited, um, to try and share the gospel. But, you know, for her, it was just like, it was always, you know, good for you. It's not, it's not for me. But um, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to stop you guys from going to church. I'm not going to stop you guys from believing. But it's just not for me. That, that was what she always said. You know, my, my grandmother, she was a good person, but um, I also saw that she was very flawed. She was a very flawed person. I saw her good side, her, her bad side, and um, the reality is that no matter how good of a person my grandmother was, uh, if she never received this good news, then ultimately she's, she has no hope. She has no hope. In, you know, in the, the Chinese, I don't know if it's translated right, if Google did, the right, if it good, did a good job, but it said, you know, our beloved mother is reborn. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like if that's a Chinese phrase or not, but like maybe she's like alive in the afterlife or something like that. Um, or I don't know, uh, I know some religions, they believe about reincarnation and, and all that. But there's a, there's a temple near my, my grandparents' home. Uh, my grandfather, he was cremated and he was, he's, he's there. You know, they have like little, they, they, like, they, they buy like a little space, right? And then you can put like pictures and, and like, you know, flowers and stuff like that, or things that remind you of them. So my grandfather's there, and I think that's where my grandmother will go to. 
And I remember as a, when I was younger, um, we visited my, my grandfather in that temple. And outside, people would be selling um, different pieces of paper, uh, like papers of like cars, like paper houses, um, even paper money, like fake money. And I was like, what, uh, what are they doing? Um, and later on, I heard that you know, these, these items, you would buy them, and then like, if you buy them for your, your deceased relatives, uh, they would have these items in their life, in the afterlife. They would have those items. Like they, they, you, you buy them like a paper car, and they'd have a car out there. They've had a, they'd have a house, and if you were a good son or a good daughter or someone, then, then you would buy these things because you would want to treat your parents right. You want, you want to love them, right? But the fact is that, you know, those things aren't going to happen. Those things don't happen. The only thing, they won't have cars to drive or houses to live in. That's, that's not the case. The only thing that, that awaits people is judgment. That's what awaits people. After the life they lived, that, they, they, what, what awaits them is, is this judgment based on how they've lived their life and who they've placed their trust in, what they've placed their trust in, whether it's themselves, whether it's their, what, what they've accomplished in this world, or other people, Jesus Christ, whatever. That's what they're going to be judged on. Now, I don't know where you, all of you guys are at. I know some of you guys might still be investigating the claims of Christianity. Like, you know, can, can, uh, could Jesus really come back from the dead? Um, you know, is that, is that possible? Is Jesus really the only way? Maybe you need to examine, but, you know, the good news is not really good news to you right now. <coughs> maybe it's all just all in the head. Like, for maybe for Agrippa, King Agrippa, maybe he understood, right? Because his, his wife is Jewish, so he may have heard, uh, you know, learned about the, the, about the Bible and, and whatnot. So maybe he knew it in his head. But he's like, Paul, do you think you could just convince me like that? Because it hasn't reached here yet. Right? That good news hasn't reached here. It's just all in the head. And, pa- and Paul's own life, right? He had pretty much a, a near instantaneous conversion. This is pretty, pretty unique, right? It's, it's, it's pretty instantaneous. He was going down this dark path, and boom. He saw the light. Jesus met him, and his life was changed forever. For others, it may be a long process over time. Maybe you've come to church like, for your whole life, and you're like, oh, I've heard this story so many times. Right? But maybe it's just up here, right? Maybe it's not here yet. The good news is not really good news yet. Maybe you, just, you don't like it. But for us who are Christians, we really have this message that can change the world. This message that is, is more powerful than the presidential election. Okay, I know that you guys have, you, some of you guys know the news, like there's a recent Iranian, like I think, military leader was, was killed, right, in, in some kind of strike. Um, and, and, you know, Trump is receiving backlash over that, right? Like, why are you creating enemies? You know, you have allies for a reason, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? Like, and, and some people are like, I want to change the world through my vote. I want to vote, and that's going to, you know, I want to make my voice heard, or things like that. Some of you guys are like, oh, you know, like, I want to recycle, or I'm going to go vegan, or whatever. You know, like, you know, I want to change the world through those, those different ways. Like, you know, I'm not saying those things are bad. But really, we have a message that can change the world. We have something. We have something called hope. We have a message of light. And as Christians, this is what our focus should really be on. 
As we go into 2020, I hope that this can be what we always come back to. That in the midst of all the things that we need to do in our life, like sure, you need to work, sure, you need to go to school, and you have your responsibilities, like things like that. But really the main focus should be, you know, sharing the gospel with your story. That should be the main focus at the center of what we do. Right? Paul, he had to defend himself in court. You know, he had to do that. He found a way to, to bring the gospel, his story, into that. What can, what can you do in whatever situation you are in? And, and, I, and I hope that you guys are encouraged by Paul's story. Paul's story is not always just like, um, you know, butterflies and like, like cool stuff. Like, oh, like everywhere he goes, you know, people, everyone believes and stuff like that. No, his, his life is not like that. People wanted to kill him everywhere he went. But I also see that Paul, he was blessed. Right? This, this man, he truly understood God. And he, his life was changed. So, um, I want to just encourage everyone here, uh, wherever, you know, 2020 it brings you, whether you're still investigating Christianity, whether you're, you know, you're wrestling with uh, whether, you, whether you, you want to receive the gospel or not, whether it's good news, or you're wrestling, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid of sharing the gospel, you know, wherever you're at, I really want to encourage you to, to continue to move forward with that, move forward with that. And I think a really good way is, is to continue to, let's read the Bible together, so... Um, I want to encourage you guys, like, maybe, maybe uh, find someone in church, like, and, and be, like, accountable to each other. Like, hey, um, let's create a group or something like that. And then um, we, like, every day we can, like, check up on each other or maybe, like, every few days check up on each other and just see, like, where we are at, you know. I think this is a great way to, to start. Um, so let, let, me, let me pray for us and, and uh, just invite the worship team to come up um, as we sing our last song and we have the offering. Let me pray for, pray for us. Holy Father, uh, thank you for giving us this message of hope that we can have, um, this, the light that we can be out of the darkness, that we can be turned from the power of Satan, and that we can, uh, that we can live in, in you with, in hope and peace, that, uh, that, our, that our faith is not in our own works that fail, um, that, that our faith is not in, in, in gods of stone or wood or, or, or uh, people who are, who are dead. But you, Lord, you are alive and you are living. And we rejoice in that. Lord, I just want, uh, I just, we, just, I, we just ask that you would continue to move powerfully in our lives. Uh, that you would meet us where we're at. And that you would, uh, that, you, that you really, you would transform our hearts uh, of stone. And, and that we would uh, really uh, be renewed in you. So we thank you and we praise you for who you are. And we pray all his name with Jesus.